so that meant I couldn't do a show. But here we are. I'm Dan Benjamin. Welcome. It is uh, Friday, January 15th, 2021. You can follow me anywhere that uh, you want to go. I'm at Dan Benjamin, pretty much every location. Remind you all to like and subscribe, ring the bell so that you know when I'm doing the show. Because we don't know how long Periscope's going to be. I mean, we do. They're saying March is when Periscope's going away. But in the meantime, if you get hooked up with YouTube, hit the bell, have the app. I use the app. I used to hate the app, and now I use it. So go figure. And if you want to support the show, please do. You can go to patreon.com slash Benjamin. That's the best way to show your love and support uh, for helping me with this uh, show. So what? So what? So we've got some news uh, and uh, a couple of other things. But, you know, I'm, I'm all thrown off. I'm all thrown off because, like, we're starting later, than, way later than usual. The Internet was at his back. I had to restart all the computers and everything. But uh, good morning, Dominic and Andy, uh, Jeremy, Alex, all the regular uh, folks. Are you telling people about this show? Do you know I, it is a podcast also? dbl.fireside.fm if you just want the audio. I'm recording it uh, right here on this computer over here. Uh, and everything, uh, everything will be ready. In fact, the the audio version of the podcast usually comes out before the video has been processed by YouTube. So go figure. Uh, and thanks uh, to uh, to Mark Miles who provided me with a tiny little uh, little tip. That's your name, uh, On uh, how I could uh, improve a couple little audio things yesterday. So he's been uh, a wonderful help to the show. But the best thing you can do is retweet. So if you go to Twitter and you see my little Periscope thing there, just retweet that and it'll help grow the audience. So so let's get to some news. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bus is dangling. Now, I'm not laughing at the seven people who got injured, but I'm laughing at the joke that I'm about to make. Uh, the, there's a bus dangling from a New York overpass after an accident. Now, seven people are injured. I feel very bad about that. So I'm not laughing at that. I apologize if it seemed that way. But this is exactly the look at look at look at what I'm look at this. How am I supposed to read this? Look at this garbage. For the you know three or four. Where's my theater of the mind? Wait a minute. Do I not have the theater of the mind in, in here? Are you kidding me? Well, I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to really work on this soundboard because I'm using this new software to do it, and it does not it is not right yet. But Look, look at, look at what CNN does. How, how is anyone supposed to read the title of this article? Look at this. Is that absurd? Anyway, um, that's what I was laughing at, not the article. But so there's this bus dangling. They don't know what happened. They don't know why the bus is dangling. I'm thinking, where's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man to help out with this kind of thing? Because there's a bus that's hanging over the edge of this in New York. So anyway. It's not really a news story, but on to the real news. Prosecutors are saying that there is strong evidence saying that the Capitol rioters wanted to capture and assassinate officials. So the more that we learn about this, the more horrible it actually seems to be. Um, there is uh, one person in particular, Jacob Chansley, who we've told That's you about, name, um, who uh, he's he's being detained but basically what they're saying was that when he was arrested, he was charged in, in Arizona on Saturday. Um, he's a QAnon uh, believer, and he was one of the people, I guess, leading this. But now they're saying that he they released an 18-page document explaining why he should not be released. And um, 
they say one of them is a severe nature of what they're claiming that he was uh, being accused of. And here's the quote, the cha- that crimes charged in the indictment involve active participation in an insurrection attempting to violently overthrow the United States government. We'll talk about that in a second. By Chancellor's own admissions to the FBI and news media, the insurrection is still in progress and he intends to continue participating. So it's not over, according to him. It's not over. Strong evidence, including his own words and actions at the Capitol, support the intent of the Capitol rioters was to capture and assassinate elected officials in the United States government. He left a note on the Senate chamber dais uh, where Vice President Mike Pence had been presiding over the session just minutes before warning, quote, it's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. Uh, Pretty horrible. When questioned as to the meaning of the statement, he went on a lengthy diatribe describing current and past United States political leaders as infiltrators, specifically naming Vice President Mike Pence, former President Barack Obama, former Senator Hillary Clinton, and U.S. President-elect Joe Biden as infiltrators involved in various types of wrongdoing. Although he stated this note was not a threat, the government strongly disagrees. Uh, It's pretty serious stuff that's happening there. I've heard so many different takes on this, that it was an insurrection, that it wasn't an insurrection, that their goal was, you know, Occupying the capital does not mean that you're running the government. I, I just I just want to say that. Do people understand that? I hope they do. Um, yeah, Ben is saying, does anyone click on those ads except by accident? No. Um, and it's 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 obtrusive, but only on some of the pages I've noticed. Anyway, back to what they're saying here. the the uh, government, is alleging that this was a serious a serious thing. Um, I think it probably was serious. I, I I think there's something that people aren't talking about that I think is important to mention, and that is right now you as an individual person. And this is a great quote from the Men in Black. I think they say it. They say a person is smart. People are are pretty stupid. That's not the full quote, but that's the gist of the quote. And it's true because there is that mob mentality is a real thing. And I think a lot of those people who were simply there to protest initially or to go crazy for a little while got swept up in the mob. They got swept up in the mob mentality and groupthink in the fact that when mobs form, okay, bad things happen. Everyone knows this. So they might not have uh, intentionally gone there and said, we're going to do some horrible things, but there might've been a few people in the group who did. And the mob follows the leader. I mean, this just happens. So yeah, it's a serious thing. And, uh, and, and they, they should detain these people in my opinion. Uh, in related news, the national guard has been authorized to use lethal force. Did you see this? This is on a website. I don't think I've ever been to before just called us news. I don't know what this is. Uh, but the article is by uh, Paul D. Uh, Schinkman, who writes about national security. And he says that uh, the 20,000 National Guard troops preparing for pro-Trump demonstrations this weekend in the nation's capital will be armed and permitted to use lethal force. The headquarters overseeing them says, making a striking escalation in the way authorities are preparing for repeat violence. In other words, they can kill you if you do something that seems bad. They're authorized to do this. What do you think? Do you think 
that we're going to see some more people die this weekend. I really hope not. Uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because this is real. Uh, a defense official confirmed the authorization includes permission for them to use lethal force. The request came from federal authorities and was approved by Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy, who oversees uh, the D.C. Name, Guard dude. deployment since the district is not a state. This is not a request from local government. Okay, D.C. is not a state. This is this is uh, direct from the Army who's overseeing this stuff. Guardsmen are trained in the use of lethal and less than lethal force, de-escalation, de-escalation techniques, as well as the use of protective equipment. This is standard for civil disturbance response missions. The National Guard is proud to support the Secret Service, U.S. Capitol Police, and Park Police, who are leading the security efforts during the events for the 59th presidential inauguration. I was wondering if Pence had... Uh, had to step in and, and relieve Trump if he had decided to try to do that. Let's just say the 25th Amendment happened and he did that. He would have actually become the next president for a short period of time. So Biden's number would have got bumped up one. Did you think about that? Did anyone think about that? Eight-year-olds, dude. Uh, okay. Another article here. I, I'm overloaded with like Fox and CNN articles today. I'm sorry. But um, the um, let's talk about COVID for a minute. Well, actually, before we talk about uh, COVID, before we talk about COVID, I, I had another article uh, about um, about Biden, uh, about his Twitter account. So did you did you hear that uh, his Twitter account is actually going to when he takes over the new one, not his like his own personal account, but when he takes over, he's going to be starting from zero. I think I mentioned this before, but the POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, which has got to be the ugliest, one of the ugliest words it's not a word, but I get it. Uh, but they're being dumped. They're being dumped. He will not retain any of Trump's followers. He is apparently not happy about this. He wants all of all of the POTUS followers. Uh, Mr. Biden's own account has 24,000, 24 million, sorry, 24,000, 24 million followers in it. Uh, but um, the, uh, the account will be transferring on Inauguration Day, swept clean. Fresh start. Fresh start for you. And uh, I think right now it says it has 13... Oh, no. Donald Trump inherited 13 million from Barack Obama when they traded, but now Twitter's not doing that. You're not inheriting any, so you've got to refollow it. So if you follow the POTUS account right now, uh, you're going to have to unfollow... You're going to have to refollow it. Uh, in the chat room... Uh, Slugor says, I watched a YouTube playlist of videos taken from Parlor. Most people seem to be wandering rather slack-jawed and we're just following along as if it was a, a tour. Um, and uh, Andy says, didn't the U.S. News and World Report used to be a print rag that was given out on airplanes? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it could be. Um, and, uh, and so that's, uh, that's that. Anyway, starting from zero. We can talk about Biden for another minute. He unveiled his 1.9 uh, $1 trillion dollar plan to stem COVID and study the economy. I could have sworn I had it. There it is. We don't have 
this money. <laughs> this article is by Ricardo Alonso Zaldivar and Bill Barrow, who are writing to say that President-elect Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion coronavirus plan will end a, quote, crisis of deep human suffering by speeding up vaccines and pumping out financial help to those struggling with the pandemic's prolonged economic fallout. Hi, <laughs> nice to see you. You're talking about me. Uh, he's calling it the American Rescue Plan. It is a legislative proposal that will meet Biden's goal of administering 100 million vaccines by the 100th day of his administration. I know a lot of people that want these. Uh, He needs to do everything he can. So here, look, here's a little chart. Uh, $1,400 checks for most Americans, rental, food, childcare, and utility assistance for those in need. Uh, community support in the form of $350 billion for first responders and other essential workers, grants for small businesses, tribal, gover- tribal governments, cool, and transit agencies, uh, funds to expand vaccinations and testing, $130 billion for schools to achieve safe opening. Uh, I'll talk about my thoughts on schools in a second. Support to modernize federal cybersecurity infrastructure, uh, a mere, what is it, $10 billion for that or something. So this is a big deal, and um, I think this is probably going to go through, not quite in the form that he has it right now, but uh, no! we will see. Now, I said that I was going to share my thoughts on schools and schools opening. Here's, here's what we know. Here's what we know and what we've read, and I don't have any articles to back this up right now, but people have sent them to me and I've read them. Apparently, apparently, Schools are not the place where most of coronavirus infections are happening. They do happen there. They can happen there. But if you so, if they're able to social distance within the school, and you know, because kids are <laughs> such good <laughs> rule followers, um, but if, if they can, uh, if if they can successfully social distance in the school, kids wearing masks and stuff like that. But even so. I'm waiting. Can you guys fact check me on this, please? Send me some articles of the latest thinking uh, from from some good sources that talk about how contagious kids are and how contagious asymptomatic kids are for spreading this stuff. Because my understanding is that they are not that they, that's not where that's not where the infections are really happening. So correct me if I'm wrong. I need the, I need the information. I need some <coughs> information about this. And yeah, I should have been playing the uh, the extended uh, coughing. I, I'm gonna need to spend some more time <coughs> focusing on this. <coughs> and, right, and I had said that I was gonna be Excuse using this. Excuse me, I'm in need of medical attention. Segment. So that's what I should have done. Uh, mutant spread. The mutant spread. Uh, Brazil COVID variant could reinfect those who fought off the virus. A, a scientist says the strain is more infectious. Now let's let's break this article down a little bit. It's in the sun, so this is why I'm having it here. But listen to the listen to the shocking mutant spread. Mutant spread. Yes, um, of course. The uh, the article title is such clickbait. It says another new variant was found in Brazil, which has led to ministers banning all flights to the UK from the country as well as other parts of South America. Okay, so there's a variant. But what do they say about it? Say it carries a mutation that could make the virus get past immunity developed from previous version. Who wrote this? (laughs) This isn't me just not reading it right. 
It carries a mutation that could make the virus get past immunity developed from previous version of the bug. <laughs> Listen, let me read this again. This is the news, folks. This is the news that people trust. This is the trustworthy news. I'm going to read this sentence again. <laughs> it carries a mutation that could make the virus get past immunity developed from previous version of the bug. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to read any more of this article. <laughs> Oh, um, this is the last article that I have uh, about this. Now, look, Vox, look, if you're going to have to put, <laughs> if you have to put a giant ad on the top of the page, at least when you scroll, cover the ad up. So at least there's that. This this site does it a little better, but uh, okay. Chicano Squad. Is the Vox Media Podcast Network on Spotify? Five young officers, hundreds of homicides, a city on the brink. Chicano Squad? Is that? I thought. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, listen to this article on Vox. It's so much. It's not any better. It's, <laughs> it's not any better. <laughs> Still going to the grocery store? With new virus variants spreading, it's probably time to stop. My mom sent me this article. Uh, but listen to this title. Still going? Oh my gosh, they're talking about me. I'm still going to the grocery store. I got to get my food somehow. What am I supposed to do? Still going to the grocery store? With new virus variants spreading, it's probably time to stop. You're not going to be able to get food unless you click this link. Are you doing something that everyone's doing? This must mean you better read this article. I know. I'm going to click this article. Yes, it's for me to read. It's probably time to stop. Health experts say you should avoid optional trips whenever you can. You probably need a better mask too. So wait a minute. I, I, I'm still going to the grocery store. I better stop. I need to stop optional trips and my mask sucks. What else am I doing wrong? Julia Belouz over at Vox. Recent developments in the COVID-19 pandemic have exposed a grim reality. Ooh, sounds oh. If we keep doing what we're doing, what we're doing now to prevent infections, we're screwed. Well, even more screwed. This is news. I just, I just want to say, who is this news for? Who, who reads this sentence? Right? Who reads this sentence? And comes back and says, this speaks to me. This is my, this is my kind of talk. This is my kind of language. <laughs> um, yeah, Slugor was saying dictated, not transcribed, right? Um, but uh, <laughs> Slugor says, I need to do all the headlines in my monster truck uh, ad voice. It's been a little while since I played the monster truck uh, on here. But listen to this. Who, I'm going to read this again. Okay. I have an English degree. Okay. So I'm a writer by trade. I haven't done a lot of writing in a long time, but did they not have anyone? Is this what they want? Like, does someone read? Someone, hold on. <laughs> someone read this and said, yeah, 
That's what I want you to, that's the kind of article that I want you to write. That's what I want you to write. Let me read this again. Recent developments in the COVID-19 pandemic have exposed a grim reality. If we keep doing what we're doing now to prevent infections, we're screwed. Well, even more screwed. <laughs> it does hurt. That's because the virus appears to be getting even better at infecting us. Now, let me just talk about the way viruses work. There's two kinds of viruses. There are successful viruses and unsuccessful viruses. Those are the two kinds. A successful virus is like the cold. It continuously mutates. We can't find a way to make it stop mutating and stop infecting us because it mutates so fast. That's why you might get a few colds a year, and that's why your kids get 50 colds a year, and that's why people keep getting colds year after year because it, it evolves. It, it mutates, okay? What's another good successful virus? Influenza, what, what you call the flu. Uh, influenza, the flu, that virus mutates all the time. That's why there's a different flu vaccine every year. That's why they're never really sure which strains seem like they're going to be the bad ones. So they have to guess and they have to try and, and that's why the flu vaccine isn't always effective is because they're guessing at which strain is going to be the one that's the big problem. And they do that by looking, I think it's South America. They actually look at uh, which virus happens there. And then by the time that it starts to reach flu season in the rest of the world, they're saying, well, these were the strains down here that seem to be the bad ones. So those are the ones we're going to put in the flu vaccination this year. But the flu evolves. So, of course, the coronavirus is going to evolve. We know that it's going to evolve. Uh, we don't know if it will evolve as much as these other ones do and if new vaccines will need to be created every year for it or not. We don't know. It's a mystery. But a successful virus does two things. One, it evolves. And two, it doesn't kill the host. The host just spreads it. So if you think about the cold virus, no one dies from the cold, right? No one dies from that. We know this. No one dies from the cold. Why? Because it's a good virus. It doesn't kill you. And it spreads by evolving. What that means is you can get a cold and you can pass it to someone else and they pass it to someone else. And this happens a million times and it actually works its way around the globe and back to you as a new virus that you're not immune to. You're going to get that cold again. Even, even a cold that might be distantly related to the one that you already had, you're going to get it again. So, of course, coronavirus is doing this. And, of course, it gets better at infecting us. That's the whole point of a virus. You want a virus that's easy to, if, if you're a virus, you want to get, you want to be easy to catch, you want to evolve, and you don't want to kill the person or the thing that you're infecting. Okay. And so I'm just going to read, I'm going to read more of this article. I don't think this was edited very well. The, adva the advantage the new variants carry seems to be that in any given situation where people are gathered, they'll infect more people. An estimated 30 to 70% more in the case of the B117 variant first identified in Britain, which has now been identified in 50 countries. So uh, it's uh, already circulating around. So what does that mean? So let me translate this for you. Okay. What this means is the virus, the COVID virus, COVID-19 or the B117 variant is more contagious, more contagious, which we know is going to happen because that's what all viruses do. And uh, here's, the, here's the key part. And if there's going to be something in a headline, this should be in the headline. 
but then you wouldn't click it if it said this, would you? Listen, while these variants haven't been shown to be more deadly, a more transmissible virus is actually worse in many ways than a more lethal one. Okay. Cases snowball at a faster rate. Harvard epidemiologist Mark Lipsitch said on a recent press call. With a 50% rise in infectiousness, for example, quote, in less than two weeks, you get twice the number of cases, Lip Lipsitch said. And in a month or so, you have four, five times as many cases. But that's very approximate. Okay. Okay. Hang on. I'm building up to something here. Stay with me. More cases mean more really sick people. Okay. Let me read that again. More cases mean more really sick people more strain on hospitals and health workers, more rationing of healthcare, and more deaths, including the entirely preventable ones now firmly linked to ICU bed shortages. More cases will also give the virus more opportunities to mutate further and potentially escape our vaccines, perpetuating <laughs> the, the cycle of doom. <laughs> the cycle of doom. Okay. Now, these statements here do not come because they are not a quote, they do not come from a scientist, they do not come from a doctor, they do not come from an epidemiologist, they don't come from the WHO or the CDC, they come from this writer. So these are conclusions of this writer. Now, if I'm wrong, that's fine, but you need to cite these statements and they're not cited. It doesn't say according to, this is just the thoughts of the writer. So let's break this down a little bit. More cases, actually, let me jump back up. While these variants haven't been shown to be more deadly, in fact, what I've read is that they're less deadly. What I've read is that this B117 variant is less deadly. So remember before when I described to you how we define a successful virus, it's one that doesn't kill people. Because if it kills you, it's not as good because then it can't reinfect you again later. That's what a good virus wants to do. I can't tell you how many colds I've had. Cold is a good virus, and it's reinfected me by mutating a lot. And I have the cold symptoms, and then they go away, and I'm better. But then another cold comes, and I could get that one. Okay, that's what the coronavirus will do. It will do that. People aren't talking about this, but of course it will do it. The vaccines that we have now, they will not be the vaccines that we have in a year because the virus will have mutated. Now, maybe it won't have mutated past the point that our vaccines can uh, can help us defend against, but eventually over time it will. It might not be next year. It might be longer. It might be a year. It might be two. It might be three. But the coronavirus that we are fighting off now is not the one we'll be fighting off in five years. It will have mutated. And most likely it's going to be one of these that is less deadly, that I've heard is less deadly, and more contagious. Easier to get, less effects. In fact, there are lots of coronaviruses out there. Did you know that? And you probably all had a coronavirus before. You haven't had this particular one, but you've had coronaviruses before because they feel just like colds. And a lot of the colds, when people think they have a cold, it's not a cold. It's a coronavirus. This is one of many, many, many coronaviruses. Did you know that? It's true. A more transmissible virus is actually worse in many ways than a more lethal one. I, I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to say that a less lethal virus, whether it's more transmissible or not, is better 
Don't you think that that's better? Let me say that again. If there's the same virus that's now less lethal, but more people get it, isn't that better? Wouldn't you rather get a virus that you know isn't going to kill you? I would. If you said, Dan, you can either get the cold, which can't kill you. It just can't. Or a coronavirus, which maybe could kill you. I think I would pick the cold, right? So if you're saying I could get a coronavirus that is less lethal and less harmful, wouldn't you rather get that than even if there was a higher chance you'd get it than the kind anyway? And so, yeah, in a month or so, you have four or five times as many cases. Okay. So what if we have two or three times more cases, but they're not lethal anymore? You just feel like crap. Wouldn't that be better? What am I missing here? Uh, so let me, I have to keep, I have to keep reading this. I'm sorry. I know people are leaving. I'm sorry. I have, I have to, I have to keep reading. This. The implication is clear. If we want the pandemic to end as fast as possible, we need to pump the brakes right now. This is in a news article on Vox. This is a writer who was paid to write this article. The implication is clear. If we want the pandemic to end as fast as possible, we need to pump the brakes right now. Okay, I'm ready to, I would like to do that. I'm ready to pump the brakes. And we don't have to wait for the vaccines to slow the spread of the virus. We simply need to do what we've been doing all along to prevent infections just much, much better. We need to do what we've been doing all along to prevent infections just much, much better. Okay, I'll, I'm ready to do it much, much better. At an individual level, that means avoiding optional gatherings with other people, even grocery trips whenever possible, or cutting them very short. Now, I'm still waiting as I read this article to tell me what, what's so bad about the grocery store. Because if you remember the title, the title of the article, still going to the grocery store with new virus variants spreading, it's probably time to stop. Okay, so now I'm, I'm more, than, more than halfway through this article and I want to know why. Okay, here we have it. Quote, shopping for five minutes in the grocery store is a lot better, six times better than shopping for 30 minutes. <laughs> this is the news. This is the news today that we have. This is what's happened to the news. Okay. Let me read this again. Shopping for five minutes in the gross. I know no, everyone has turned this off now, but that's fine. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Shopping for five minutes in the grocery store is a lot better, six times better than shopping for 30 minutes. Okay. So if you shop for five minutes compared to 30 minutes, five times six equals 30. It's six times better to only shop for. Was that not true before though? This is only true now that shopping for five minutes was six times better than 30 minutes. I think every guy has, has said to his, uh, his wife shopping for <laughs> five minutes is six times better than shopping for 30 minutes. Okay. Tell me why. Well, Tom Frieden said this, That's your name, dude. the former director of the CDC and said this because the odds of becoming infected rise the longer you're exposed. But that's not new. That's never been new. It's not new for 
this variant. It's not new a week ago. It's not new to coronavirus. That's just math. It's just math. They're just adding, multiplying two numbers together. That's like saying you get hurt less if you put your hand in the fire for five minutes instead of for 30 minutes. Really? Okay. Picking up groceries at the curbside is even better. And having them delivered is even better still. Why is having them delivered better than picking them up? I don't... Why, why is that better? Because you're not driving somewhere? And you're not going to get in a car accident? Why is that better? Okay, here's why. <laughs> if you're able to get groceries delivered or pick up curbside, it will also help reduce the risk for those who can't. But th wait, that doesn't tell me why having them delivered is better than picking them up. Okay. I, I ha I'm going to... Should I stop, guys? Should I stop? Should I stop? Uh, hold on, let me grab the other mouse here. Okay, what are you all saying in the chat room? I got to get caught up. There's a lot. There's a lot happening here. Um, uh, Brian is saying disingenuous quote of the day: "The cold is a good virus." Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no. Well, let's talk about this. When I say good, I don't mean I want it. That's not what good means. Let me clarify this for you. That's not what good means. If I'm evaluating a virus as a, as a student of viruses, what makes it, what makes something good? By the definition of what a virus is, I'm not saying a good virus to get. I'm not saying a virus that I want. I'm saying, let's, let's talk about viruses. What, how, what is a, okay, if you want me to say another word instead of good, I'll say successful. How's that? It's not disingenuous at all. Uh, a successful virus is one that is easy to spread. Okay, It is one that is, uh, doesn't kill the host and one that mutates, which goes back to the first point, which is easy to spread, right? So if it's easy to spread and it mutates, means you can get it again and it doesn't kill you. That would be a good virus, a successful virus. Okay, So it's not, it's not disingenuous. Um, and uh, a button pusher says, have you noticed that for the past year, you haven't had many colds and flus? Isn't that something to be said for all the precautions? Absolutely. If people aren't out and they're not gathering and they're not seeing each other, they can't spread the cold or the flu. They're, where's the flu season this year? There is no flu season this year. Have you heard anyone talking about it? No, because we're not out spreading it around. Uh, <laughs> Andy says, I need to sprinkle more mutant into this monologue. Uh, and Dominic, I'm worried about the long-term effects too. Uh, who knows what they are for every individual? They're all different. That's why nobody should want to get coronavirus, right? Uh, we don't know what the long-term effects are. We don't know how it might affect us in other ways. I'm not saying people should get this. Don't read into what I'm saying. I haven't said those words. But what I am saying is, if it's less lethal, that's better. And there are a lot of people who get it and don't have long-term effects. We don't know why, though, and that's the frustrating part. Why do some people have long-term effects and other people not? I don't know. Um, Mags. Hi, Mags. 
Uh, lungs more damaged than a lifelong smoke or kidney failure, cognitive impairment, stroke, or so many potential issues with the virus that affects blood vessels. I'm not saying that I want to get this. It, did that did that somehow come across? Did people think that I want to get this? No. And the fact that it's more contagious, I would still pick something that's more contagious than more lethal. We don't know that you're going to have those long-term effects. We don't know that you'll have any of those effects. You might. And that's the scary part. And the less of those effects you have, I would argue, the better the virus is, based on my description of what a successful virus is. I'm sorry I used the word good. Good makes it sound like you want to get it. So I'm, I retract the word good and replace it with successful by measure of a virus. Okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dan and Dan News Network, right? Okay. Oh, man, there's a lot of comments in here. I just need to talk like this more often. Uh, then I'll get then I'll get all these people in the chat room. This is fun. Okay. Are they not saying that potentially more infected people in an enclosed space for shorter time is better than a long time? Yeah, you want to be, you want to avoid being with other people. That's the whole point of it. But that hasn't changed. And whether the virus is more contagious or not, that it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be doing those things anyway if you don't want to get sick. Okay. Uh, Dominic is defending the people. Get paid so little for these articles. They need to push out tens of these every day and promote them on their socials to get even the living wage level. Guess what? Then, then, you know, j uh, this is exactly what is wrong with web journalism because every single website feels that it needs to create an article about whatever the latest thing is. So if Vox has this article, then CNN better have it and Fox news better have it and us news better have it. And the verge better have it. And I know virgin, the Vox are the same. You know what I'm saying? And that creates this. We only need one article talking about this. We only need one, the good one. We don't need any of the others. Oh, but that's not how news journalism works on the web because it's all about clicks. It's all about ads. Look at this ad flashing at me this whole time that I'm looking at this article. There's this big thing that says, be safe. All of these, all of these ads, that's how these uh, companies stay in business. Not by creating original content, but by rewriting and linking to other content. And it, that's that's a whole different tirade I could go on right there. But you're not wrong, uh, whoever said that. Uh, Dominic, you're not wrong. <sighs> okay. Um, Tyler says, I haven't been in an office with, I just got back from Manila and I'm sick with something, coworkers. I love social distancing in some respect. So do I. So... Anyway, I think the point of this article is to say, avoid public spaces. Can't you just say that? All right, I'm going to move on. People are starting to get angry. Speaking, <laughs> uh, speaking of um, illnesses, um, Harold Bernstein the doctor who said that Trump was in excellent shape has passed away at age 73. Um, he, uh, he passed away. So that's in the news today. Trump there. I was reading and then I was reading that this isn't true, but it said Trump plans to fly away. <laughs> I, I swear. Why can't we just have regular titles? Trump plans to fly away from white house to Mar-a-Lago on morning of Biden inauguration. Fly away. 
I'm not going to do news anymore after this. This is, I'm just not going to do it anymore because it, it's so dumb. Why, why would they write it like that? Fly away. Um, apparently he was planning on leaving that morning and he was going to go to Mar-a-Lago. So let me ask you a question. Mar-a-Lago is in Florida. And at the last time that I checked, the White House was in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump is the president and will soon be the ex-president. Do you think he's going to just drive a car from Washington, D.C. to Florida? Or is he going to fly? Maybe in Air Force One, which isn't Air Force One unless the president, unless the president is on it. I forget. What do, they, what do they call it if, it's, if the president isn't on it? Uh, but he'll, he'll take some kind of plane. So they have to say fly away. They have to say fly away. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Fitbit is joining Google. I'm not surprised by this. Uh, and, uh, and prepare the mass exodus of people away from Fitbit now because uh, people don't like it when Google acquires things. They, they really, oh, there's the theater of the, the mind. Theater of the I had mind. it all this time. Right ponderous, above, man. Ponderous, man. So here's an article uh, or a blog actually on the Fitbit uh, website by, uh, by James Park. That's your he name, says, please. I'm writing today to let you know that Fitbit is now officially part of Google. It's an incredibly exciting moment for us as a company and for our Fitbit community of users around the globe. So the Fitbit was started 13 years ago and Google has acquired it and it's now going to be part of Google. And, um, you know, in this article, in this blog post, he talks about how great it's going to be for Fitbit and the users of Fitbit and everything else. In reality, Google is going to probably not do so great with this. Um, you know, Google wants to it's own mine, everything. Right? Mine, everything. Mine. Get back in there. And down, so this down, fits down. well go, within go, their go, sort go. of uh, wearable space. But people don't like this. Like when Nest got acquired by Google, people were very, very angry. But Google wants this kind of information. This is an excellent acquisition for Google because Google wants information about you. And what do they get with the Fitbit? Well, they've already got their wearable stuff so they can merge it into that. But with Fitbit, they're going to get all of your data about you, where you are, how you move, how often you move, um, your you know steps per day, but all of your workout information and everything. And of course, they want to compete with Apple in this space. And I don't really, I don't see a lot. Well, I'm not out in the world anymore, am I? But I don't see a lot of uh, a lot of Google watches out there. But I see a lot of Apple watches. So again, this gives them a stronger presence in the wearable space. It gives them more access to your data. The people who have Fitbits are not going to. Uh, throw the Fitbits away. That's just reality. They're just not going to do that. Um, but uh, but you know they are uh, they're out there in the world, and uh, they are wanting to conquer this space. So we'll see what happens. But I think that's pretty interesting and something to watch because you know it's all about privacy here. Um, <laughs> Billy says you reading the news like this is exactly what's needed. Boy, what are these future. little ants? Do you see these little ants right here? There's these little ants in this keyboard. They're in this keyboard. I'm not joking. They keep coming out of this keyboard right here. There's ants in here. They're tiny. They're the smallest ants I've seen. And I think they're living inside of this keyboard. <laughs> this is super gross, but they're little. They're really, really tiny. 
I don't think you can even, you can see this. Hold on, I'm gonna take a picture of this and I'll, I'll post it somewhere. I'm trying to get a picture of these. They're just in the keyboard. They're not anywhere else but in the keyboard. Now, they're, now he's on the desk. They're super, super tiny. <laughs> just, what is happening today? I don't know what's going on. Uh, Garrett just sent me an article uh, that on Mac Rumors that, sa that says, uh, Apple developing podcast subscription service to better compete with Spotify. Apple is considering launching a new subscription service that would be focused on podcasts, according to unnamed sources that spoke to the information. The service would charge people to listen to podcasts. By creating a paid podcasting service, Apple could potentially lure podcast creators with the promise of more money, stealing them away from other platforms like Spotify, Sirius, and Amazon. Apple has long had popular podcast app and has maintained a podcast distribution service on its Mac and iOS platforms, but Apple has not to date attempted to make money from it. Uh, I think this is very, very possible. Um, basically, they would, uh, they would probably, yeah, yeah. I'm just skimming this article. I haven't read it yet. Um, the possibility of paid podcasting service was raised by Loop Ventures analyst earlier this month in a report that suggested Apple could be working on a range of new paid services, Podcasts Plus. So this would not be, just to be clear, uh, from what I know and what I've heard about this, okay, um, this would not be a situation where they, you would be, you would host your podcast on Apple stuff and get paid to do it. This is more like what Spotify has done with Joe Rogan, where Apple might go to a podcast uh, place and have podcasts that they host that are only available through a paid subscription through probably Apple Podcasts. Uh, and they would tap talent and create their own podcasts or have, bring those people own and make them an Apple uh, podcast exclusive. So I think that makes sense. It would probably be like Tyler saying it would probably be part of Apple One. Uh, well, Andy, you know, don't, don't get to see this is why I call the listeners jackals. Listen to what Andy's saying. We know you haven't read it yet. You're still reading it. Jackal. I wish I still had Jackal uh, stickers because I would, I would send him one and he's earned it. But I love it. I love it. I love you guys. I'm not criticizing. Um, so some sad news. Where's my toilet? I, gotta I came in here and changed it. I know that. Uh, but, oh, Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast is in trouble. The, media, the public media owners agreed to sell Pocket Cast podcast platform. The public broadcasters who own Pocket Cast are selling the podcast platform less than a year after it was declared public media's answer to Spotify. I, I think I remember telling you that that was, uh, that was not, <laughs> not going to happen. Um, a board made up of representatives of podcast owners, NPR, New York Public Radio, Chicago Public Media, and BBC. Remember, I basically was like NPR bought it. I talked about this on Podcast Method, which I don't do very much anymore. Um, Pocket Cast CEO John Gibbons did not respond to current questions, calling uh, current questions. This is on current.org, calling the situation a fluid event. Gibbons referred to questions to board chair Matt Moog, interim CEO at Chicago Public Media. That's your name, dude. Moog did not respond to current questions about the sale. Uh, they said that there was a plan of a sale. They're not confirming it. But BBC Studios America acquired a small ownership stake last year in Pocket Cast, 3.4%, according to NPR AFR. Uh, so there's, you know, 
they've been taking a loss on this. It says NPR's financial statement showed that Pocketcasts had a net loss in the network's fiscal year. NPR's share of the loss was more than $800,000. I have always liked Pocketcasts. I always thought that was a cool app. I wasn't so happy that the NPR folks bought it, but I always thought it was a cool app. And um, it, it's, it, it still is. Yeah, there's uh, Bill says, just don't kill it. I love my pocket cast. Yeah, people really like this app and I've used it. It's a really fun, good app. I hope it manages to, uh, to stick around. It was out of respect. Kuo has detailed a 2021 MacBook Pro saying that there will be a new design. It will have squared off sides. In other words, it will look like our, our iPhones and our iPads. Uh, MagSafe connectors coming back. And the touch bar is being removed. What? And by the way, all the stuff that I read on 9 to 5 Mac and Mac Rumors, it's well written. And these people are churning out dozens of, uh, dozens of articles a day. So it's possible. It's possible. Uh, so a reliable Apple analyst Ming Cho Kuo name, says uh, that uh, the upcoming MacBook Pro will be first one redesigned in five years. It will represent a significant upgrade over the latest 2019 16-inch MacBook Pro, which is what I have. The new MacBook Pro will feature 14-inch and 16-inch sizes and feature ARM silicon instead of Intel CPUs. So it'll have the Apple chips, of course. It says that the touch bar will be gone. Where is my laughter and clapping? Have I? Fine. I'm just going to have to read this whole board. Game over. Uh, But the touch bar will be gone. Physical function keys will be returning in its place. We like that. And uh, we also like that MagSafe is supposed to be returning. Now, I really do like USB-C and having one charger that I can use for everything. But MagSafe is good. If if you have ever tripped over a cable and almost knocked or knocked your MacBook Pro off the desk, yeah, I want MagSafe back. I don't care. I want it back. Bring it back. It says it's going to have squared off sides in both the top and bottom halves of the machine. Flat edges like the trend starting with the 2018 iPad Pro, which is now in the iPhone 12. The touch bar will be gone. And uh, we don't know what kind of I.O. ports are going to be offered, but it apparently will still be USB-C and uh, it will have the MagSafe. But this is not the MagSafe like what they're calling MagSafe on the backs of your phones that lets you charge it. This is the regular MagSafe, the uh, kind of cable that that gets pulled off and disconnects. So I'm definitely giving you guys your money worth. 51 minutes I've been in here. I am starving. Um, my final article, again, back to way, way the of the future here. Cannabis use. Remember I talked about this yesterday and someone were like, oh, no, it's not true. It is true. Ponderous, man. It is true. I don't stop nothing, you idiot. Cannabis use is associated with reduced risk of exposure to fentanyl among people on opioid agonist therapy during a community-wide overdose crisis. So here's what this says. Um, it's called opioid agonist therapies are primary treatment treatments for opioid use disorder. In other words, you got hooked on opioids. Exposure to fentanyl is driving mortality risk in the overdose crisis. These ants. Um, <laughs> it's like in uh, Pi, the movie Pi, not Life of Pi, but Pi about the guy who's like a software developer trying to figure out the stock market and figures out like this number from the Torah. Anyway, he like, like ants show up inside his computers. Like life is being spontaneously uh, created, but um, <laughs> okay. 
Uh, among 819 participants on OAT, cannabis was negatively associated with fentanyl. Experimental trials are needed to evaluate cannabis use. But again, again, the results among eight, 819 participants who contributed 1,989 observations over the study period, fentanyl exposure was common because they go to fentanyl after they can't get their opioids. And what this is saying is that if you use cannabis, you're at a lower risk of going with fentanyl or going with heroin like I was talking the other day. But you know what? You can't do it. Why? Because it's Put illegal. The bat down, it's illegal. Ponderous, man. All right. Listen, that's all I've got for you today. I've, I'm been, I've been in here for too long. Seeing ants. <laughs> Brian says opioid withdrawal is, <laughs> you see the ants. I'm telling you, they're not, I'm not making this up. There's ants coming out of this keyboard and they're really tiny. They're really tiny. And the funny thing is I only pulled this keyboard out of the drawer yesterday to hook up instead of my other keyboard uh, because the battery life is longer on it. And now there's these little ants coming out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Mags, Mags in the chat room says MagSafe was created for people like you. MagSafe, yeah. It is time for ribs, but I don't, I don't want to go to get ribs by myself. It's all the way in South Austin and out on the east side and... Uh, I don't want to go by myself all that way just to get ribs. I'm going to have to do some ribs on the Traeger, though, this weekend. It's not going to be uh, too cold. So uh, it is the weekend. This is the last show of the week. I'm not going to be able to do it. Now, Monday is Martin Luther King Day. And my kid's like, Dad, you got to stay home. You got to stay home. And I'm like, uh, hold on. I hold on. I got a show to do. Wait a minute now. So I didn't make any promises. Oh, you'll go with me? Maggie, you want to go with me? Okay. Maybe we could talk about that. But I'm I'm starving starving i need food now now all right <laughs> well that's all i've got for you uh today folks thanks very much for tuning in again you can follow me uh, i'm at dan benjamin everywhere you go instagram follow me on instagram why don't you i post a lot of fun stuff there i'm on twitter and uh, of course uh, youtube is the place to go for these videos you can like and subscribe when you're there on youtube it's the best way to support the show tell your friends about it retweet it when i tweet help me get a bigger audience because i love you guys and i just want to do the show more and if you want if you'd like to you can support me on patreon so that i don't go crazy patreon.com slash dan benjamin is the place to go to do that and i hope you all have a wonderful weekend be safe stay inside and don't go to the grocery store for more than five minutes you know that's the way it's going to be i'll see y'all back here on monday have a good one.